Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening whenever you choose to listen to this podcast. This is episode number 10 of The 34 Show, and I will be your host, Riley Gray. In this episode, I will be going over the Raptors' COVID-19 problems and what that may do to their playoff chances, the Leafs sweeping the Oilers and showing they are a top three team in the league by far, my predictions for the AL Central in the 2021 MLB season, and my final thoughts on the insane UFC 259 card that is going to take place tomorrow night. I hope you all enjoy this episode. First, like I said in my introduction, I will be talking about the Toronto Raptors and the COVID-19 problems they have ran into in the past couple days. It all started about a week, week and a half ago when we... When the news broke that the Raptors coaching staff, about five or six coaches on their staff, had been taken into COVID-19 protocol and wouldn't be able to coach for the next 14 days or whenever their quarantine ends. And not too long after that, we hear the news that six or seven Raptors players, along with the coaches, will be going into COVID-19 protocol. And some of those players included Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi. Three of their biggest big name guys on the team all won't be playing for the next 14 days, I believe it is, or whenever whenever they come back. Obviously, that's not good news if you're a Raptors fan. When you have a team who's pushing to make the playoffs and fighting game in and game out to, to get a win to help them make it into the top eight in the East, it, it's definitely not good. Um, obviously, with how the NBA has structured this year, even if you have your entire team go out with COVID, basically your G League team has to play for you. It's something, obviously, if you're a Raptors fan, you don't like to see. Uh, they've they've played two games since this COVID-19 uh, problem with Siakam, Fred, OG, and their coaches in their 0-2. They played the Pistons the other night. Really a bad performance all around. Sure, their guys who are putting up points like Norm and Kyle, and then you, you just need more production out of the guys who don't play often and who are coming off the bench, like a guy like Terrence Davis. He did absolutely nothing versus the Pistons. Played a bit better last night versus the Celtics. Still, the Raptors ended up losing. You need guys who are coming off the bench who are going to be starting with this little stretch of games to put up better numbers. They, they, they only lost by seven last night to the Celtics, which isn't too, too bad. Um, and Boucher had a really good game last night. He... Uh, put up 30 points. He was shooting the three really well when I was watching. Norm Powell just been steady all year, put up another 25 last night for the team. Lowry had a decent game with 14, Davis 22, but they're just not able to get it done. They just don't have those guys who can close it out for them come crunch time. I hope after the All-Star break, the Raptors can kind of get on of a run again and make a push for a, a five or six seed in the East. And if they can do that, I think they can be a team that'll be scary in the, in the postseason. But Depending on how long this 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 protocol goes for these players, uh, it, it could be a tough stretch of games here for the Raptors and Raptors fans specifically. Moving on to the best team in Toronto, just an absolute pounding the Leafs put on the Oilers in their three-game series. They held the Oilers to one goal over the three games. The Leafs made McDavid look invisible throughout the series and put a beat down on Edmonton for the entire 180 minutes that they played them. Watching the Leafs play that way for three games without Freddie or Matthews for the first two it was quite clear that no one in the North North is on the same level. The, the, the Leafs, if they can stay healthy throughout the season, they will be the team making it out of the North come playoff time. But that, that's a no-brainer to me. Um, when you look at all these teams who are going to compete with the Leafs in, in the North, you have teams like Edmonton who were, I think it was six or eight points behind the Leafs before this three-game set. And obviously they didn't even get a point. They, they scored one goal, so that's that's not going to work out for them. And they, have a, they lost last night to the Canucks 3-1. Hutchison was in net. <clears throat> I think it was just a, a game where the Leafs 
kind of took it off. They, they didn't play as well as they should have. You can't fault them for that. They just put an absolute pounding on the Oilers for three straight games. So it's bound to happen when they have off games. I'm, I'm really curious to see if they can bounce back when they play the Canucks again. Um, and then after that game, they, they have three versus Winnipeg, which people are saying is going to be the, the, the real test for the Leafs because they haven't played this team yet. Or they played them once. They haven't played a series against Winnipeg. I think the Leafs will take two out of three easily. Winnipeg has a really good goalie in Hellebuck, but he can only take you so so far. You look at the Leafs lineup, just up and down the lineup, they are so good. Defense, offense, and when you really look at the entire North Division as a whole, there, there isn't one area on this Leafs team that I would trade for from another team. Their D have been great all year with three really good pairings. You, you don't really, you have Justin Hall who's been playing out of his mind. He has a great contract. Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, it, it, up and down that defensive lineup, they're great. They've, they've been getting outstanding goaltending from all three guys. Freddie has been stellar when he's been in there. Campbell's been good and so is Hutchison. Other than last night, he's played really, really good for them. And obviously their offense is just unreal. It's it's lethal at any given time in a game and it's so deep all throughout. You have guys who are on such friendly deals for the team. Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza, Wayne Simmons, and they have all been putting up numbers. Granted, Simmons has been on the shelf for a bit, but Thornton and Spezza have been putting up great numbers for this team. And I think that with, with with guys like that, that's what really rounds out a team to make a deep playoff run. And you look at their third line, Hyman and McKayev have been great. I, In my opinion, they're one centerman away from having a true dominant third line. They play with such high energy and always make the other team cough up the puck when they're pressuring them in the ozone. Hyman has looked really great the past few games and this year in general. Think if they were to go out at the deadline and get a third line center who could complement those two guys really well. That makes them, their top three lines, insanely good and really scary to play against for any team in the league, whether it was in the North or any other division. Moving on to a little baseball predictions. We're going to be talking about the AL Central today. Just going to quickly touch on my predictions for the 2021 season for this division and where I think teams will finish. Starting off at the top, I think it's going to be the White Sox. Um, this is the year that the White Sox put it all together and become a top five, seven team in the league. They have all the young pieces to do it and could be a tough team to play for many years to come. This team has been building and putting together pieces for the past three or four years now. And just they've been they've been doing a great job drafting and their farm system's good. In, in my opinion, they're going to be a tough team come playoff time and if they can put it all together they're, they're going to be a really scary team for anyone to play in the regular season or the playoffs coming in at number set at number two i have the minnesota twins the twins have a very 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 good offense once again and they have a few good arms at the top of their rotation that could take them deep into a playoff series if they get that far you look at barrios he's been great for them last year i think he'll have another good year this year and their offense has been very scary and it, it, it can do damage at times it's a team kind of hit and miss um i think if they can almost like the white Sox, if they can put it all together they're going to be a really good team and really tough to play against this year Number three, I have the Detroit Tigers. They've been rebuilding for multiple years now and could start to see some improvements with some young, good young pieces in their lineup this year. They've been in a rebuilding phase for what it seems like five or six years. They've In the past, they've had great teams with Verlander, Scherzer, Rick Porcello, just good teams with a good pitching staff. Cabrera, Iglesias, like they, their team has been really good in the past, and I think they've started to put the pieces together to do that again, go on a little good run. I don't think they're going to be a team that's really threatening anybody for a playoff spot, but I, I, I think they'll see some improvements, and they might sit around 500 this year. Uh, they have a lot of good young guys, and if some of them can make a take a step in the right direction, you never know. In fourth, I have the Cleveland Indians with Cleveland trading Lindor 
and Carrasco this year, giving up Clevenger last year. I don't see them doing much this year. They don't have any pieces that they can rely on to get them wins on any given night. This team just doesn't have any firepower like they used to. And with their front office looking like they don't want to ever pay anybody, I don't think they're going to be good for many years to come. And lastly, I have the Kansas City Royals. Not much to say about these guys. They stink. They are brutal. They're not they're not strong anywhere on the field and they're still trying to rebuild ever since that run when they played the Jays in the playoffs. They haven't been able to do anything. Their team isn't good and I don't think they're going to be good this year again. Lastly, I am going to give my final thoughts and comments on the absolutely insane UFC 259 card tomorrow. I'm super stoked for it. This card up and down is just filled with absolutely insane fights. Even when you look at the prelims, I've touched on the Dominic Cruz fight. That fight's going to be great. You just have a lot of good fighters fighting who are going to put on a show to prove and get their fight that they want in the future. When you look at the main card, I think my, my picks haven't changed. Um, I'm still going in the first in the first main event fight, uh, or the main title fight, I guess I should say. I'm still going with Peter Yan over Aljamain Sterling. I think I've, I've put in some thought towards Aljamain just as I think he could do some damage and could upset Peter for sure, but... Just the way Jan fights and the way he attacks people from the beginning of the fight, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a dog fight for both these guys. In my opinion, it could be fight of the night for sure. Then you have Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. My 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 pick hasn't changed there. Amanda Nunes just is gonna dominate. She the way she hits people, the way she imposes her will on on other fighters it's going to be it's going to be another classic round first round second round knockout i think in my in my eyes and lastly you have the adesanya versus jan blahovich fight i uh, my my pick hasn't changed with this one either adesanya is going to beat his ass um i was just watching the weigh-ins before this and adesanya said he wanted to be around the 190 mark and he, he came in at 201 it just goes to show you this guy's always playing he's always has head games it's the mental warfare with this guy he he's such a good fighter and yeah sure Jan hits hard and if he gets gets a good shot or two in on adesanya it might rock him a bit and who knows after that but i just think the way adesanya fights it, it's gonna it's gonna pose a lot of problems for Jan and I think he gets it done and becomes the uh fifth two-time champ to ever do it in the UFC quickly I am just going to touch on the Arnold Palmer Invitational before I sign off for this episode just to uh just shout out the Canadian Corey Connors at the top of the leaderboard he's minus nine right now and he's in his second round through 16 three under he tied the tied the course record on the back nine yesterday he was playing great hitting the ball really well and i think this this field just has a bunch of stack it's just stacked with good players after good players you have rory at the top bryson victor hovland it, the list goes on and I think if Corey Connors can keep playing the way he is, he could get the job done and take home a nice payday. And I think it's good for the game of game of golf in Canada to see another Canadian win a tournament, which it's it's been a long time. Um, and and I'd love to see him do it at, at a tournament that has a lot of eyes on him and a a lot of good players in the field. That is going to do it for episode number 10 of the 34 show. I hope you all enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating on the Apple podcast. It, it really helps the, uh, the podcast grow and get more listeners to every episode. Thanks for listening and I will see you on Monday.